All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Just after five o'clock, lovely Thursday afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us, as always, on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube somber day of course but uh, hey you want to make it a little bit more special for you good say hey maybe you like the lottery maybe you feel lucky you can uh, win a thousand dollars a day for the next 20 years it's up to 7.2 million dollars grand a day for life it's really for 20 years which is uh great you can play it right now at playalberta.ca and uh we are going to go uh, in the community now brought to you by legacy heating and cooling home of the no payments no interest for one year on your furnace stay warm all winter at legacyheating.ca and uh, we mentioned uh, earlier today it's been uh, it's been a difficult day for sure uh, we've had some great uh, stories because to me uh, memories can be uh, soothing for the soul at times uh, Robin Brownlee our uh, our Monday and Thursday co-host here uh, passed away unfortunately suddenly uh, early this morning uh, leaves uh, his wife Anne Lynn and sons uh, Sam and Michael and uh, we definitely uh, uh, will miss Rubes on the show and uh, our deepest condolences to the Brownlee family and all his friends and uh, also today, uh, a sporting legend in our, our community, gentleman who's uh, my mentor, uh, got me in sports uh, radio and writing, John Short, who had an unbelievable life, um, passed away today uh, peacefully with his uh, wife, Marta, to decide, uh, 86 years of age. Um, John had been battling leukemia, but, uh, you know, was doing fine, unfortunately got pneumonia here in the, in the last week, and um, it, uh, pneumonia can be brutal. And, and unfortunately, uh, John passed away today. And to talk about him, a gentleman who, uh, geez, I don't know how many years it is, 13, 15, maybe more than that. Uh, every Friday they met together. John Belmont, who is a staple of coaching football in this community for years at the junior level, high school level, still coaching. It's got to be, what, 50 years? Johnny, how many years have you been coaching? 58. 58. Oh, that is unbelievable. And, um, you know, uh, you, kind of take me back to, to how you and John uh, uh, became friends. Well, ironically, uh, I first met John in 1970 
I was on the organizing committee for the uh, Canadian Amateur Wrestling. It was a World Amateur Wrestling Championship. The first one's held in Canada. And uh, we were at a meeting at the University of Alberta, and Alec Romanuk, who headed up the M&L Wrestling Association at the time, brought this gentleman in, and John Short, who was covering, we're going to cover the championships okay. for the Canadian press. And that's how we met. And then we kind of on and off for about 10 years, uh, you know, we, we saw each other, different things, say hello, and that was about it. And then Jim Donlevy had a, a open house or a, a housewarming thing, and John and I ended up there. And that night we sat and we talked, and I don't know, we just, well, we killed a bottle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we, those were in his drinking days. <laughs> And we sat and talked about everything, philosophy, uh, obviously sports, and politics. And we realized that we had a lot of the same philosophical things in life. And from that time on, we were very, very close friends. And we, for the last 20-plus years, we had coffee together every week. That's uh, amazing. I love, you know, John, lots of people know him as a sports guy and he was de deeply passionate about sports, but who, I, I think he might have been more passionate about politics, John. Oh man, he could get fired up in a good way. Like he would always listen, but uh, he would always be strong and uh, he would always uh, be sure that you knew where he stood on certain, on, on certain platforms and certain stances in the political world. Well, there's absolutely no question about that. And, and he and I politically were very much alike. But the one thing that I found most interesting about John, and, and Jason, you know this from, from working with him, he was one of the best listeners I've ever known in my life. Uh, you could discuss things or people could, could discuss things with us who had totally opposite views of us. John would listen and then very politely, as we know, he could disagree with somebody in the nicest way anybody could ever do it. No. And uh, he, he, but when it came to politics, boy, he was passionate. <laughs> yeah, not not a big fan of the current PM. Uh, which... uh, absolutely, <laughs> or the father. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's not in the. Uh, there's lots of others who would agree with him on that. Uh, you know, you, you met John, and then you, the one thing about John that I really, you know, his legacy. You know, he covered the orders a long time. Worked for Peter Pocklin, and he's told those stories. That you know, he covered pro sports. Uh, you know, uh, the Olympics, CP, and everything. But he really loved amateur sports and he covered it with the same passion and vigor that a lot of people cover pro sports that's exactly right and he didn't mind he'd, he'd come to a, a park like we'd be doing a high school game be coaching and he'd hear where well, you're playing where are you playing what time and he'd end up there and he would come to the game it could be raining out it didn't matter john was there covering the game he loved young athletes and it didn't matter whether it was men's sports, women's sports. It didn't matter whether it was a major sport like football, hockey, basketball, or a minor sport, gymnastics, you name it. Everyone was interesting to him. And I, I just found that absolutely marvelous about him. And even up to the end, we'd, we'd be discussing certain things, maybe NFL games, CFL games, or what's going on in different leagues and so on. And he was always asking, what's going on in the high schools? Yeah. How are you guys doing this year? Yeah. And every week that we'd have coffee, how did you do last night? You know, and this was John. 
he, uh, you know, and his passion, like, he, he, you know, we've had lots of people texting in, John, just about how, like, he made the young athletes, like, he was comfortable, you know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe you're, you're 65 or 70, and, you, and you, people are like, ah, it's hard to relate, and you obviously are, you know, you don't have a problem with that. You're, you're coaching high school kids, but John, you know, young kids maybe don't do a lot of media. And there's so many people who have texted the show today saying, man, like John Shore. And he made me feel like I was a professional athlete and how he treated me that time. You see that with players and you kind of saw him in inter- Cause you coached a lot of the teams that he covered. Well, absolutely. And you know, it was interesting in the years with the Huskies and we had very good ball clubs on those years, won a couple of uh, national championships. We're in championship play every year. And John covered us religiously. And he always wanted these players, different players, and he'd, he'd pick different ones for different positions, not necessarily the stars, to come on the show. Yeah. And we'd go up there, and he always made the athlete feel comfortable. As you know, Jason, my wife was headed up the uh, Pandas alumni yeah. for a period of time in rugby, in women's rugby, when they first started. And, uh, she would take up pandas exactly the same thing. And these young people, most of them have no clue about media. Yeah. And John treated everyone the same. He treated them like they were saints. And that was just him. He loved amateur athletes. Uh, he did. John Belmont uh, joins us talking about the uh, the great life of uh, of John Short, who uh, passed away uh, this morning at the age of 86. He would have turned 87 on January 31st. And, um, you know, John, you mentioned the, you know, the, the last few years and, and John, when I talked to him before Christmas, he said, you know, and he was still sharp as a tack and he kind of said, you know what, my body's just kind of letting me down. Right. And, uh, but he had a, he had the same spirit, you know, sharp as a tack. Really, we, we had his son, Michael, join us. Uh, surprises came in studio today and he, and he talked to John two days ago and he said maybe it was my, his, 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 maybe his last lucid conversation, but he was, he was still really sharp right till the end. Like he always, he was always reading and researching. Oh, absolutely. He and I would trade books, or political books, philosophical books, uh, novels, you name it. And I, I love history. Okay. So I might have a history book on, it could be Alexander the Great, it could be on his Alexander's father, Philip, or whatever. And he would read that book, and then we'd discuss it. And his knowledge about historical things and different places in the world was phenomenal. As you know, Jason, he loved to travel. Yeah. Whether it was to China, to Vietnam, his favorite place was Africa. And then through sport, he traveled all over the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, he went to, when he was covering CP, he used to tell me all the stories and all the places that, that, that he had seen. And, um, did you find like in your conversations when it got onto sports, what, what was the thing that maybe as a coach of football, what did, cause you know, you obviously knew the game very well and you mentioned he was a good listener, but he found ways to become, you know, more educated on the sports that he covered. He was always trying to learn something about the game. And, you know, it, it, I think everything in life, this is one of the great things about him. Right up to the end, he was learning. He never gave up that love of learning. And just learning about life. He, he absolutely loved life to, and lived it to the fullest. And I think that passion for learning and becoming more knowledgeable in many different areas was one thing that kept him going all the years that he was around. You, you mentioned the, uh, the Huskies earlier. And um, I, I know I was calling the game. and I can't remember if it was 2004. 
I think it might have been three. Uh, so the, the, the league finals in Saskatoon, uh, John was down there covering it. And uh, the officiating wasn't necessarily the best um, that day, uh, to, to put it mildly. Um, it looked like it was a little bit of a homer uh, crowd, which sometimes would happen in, uh, you know, at, at the amateur levels every now and then. And, uh, and Shorty, like, he just, he ripped it. Something about, you know, the officiating for the dogs or something like that in uh, Saskatoon. Like, did you ever afterwards, like, chuckle about, uh, you because know, he was never afraid to, to take a run at someone in, in his writing. No, and, and the thing about it is that's one of the beauties of John. He was totally honest. Now, in those years, uh, we two years back-to-back, we got jobbed out of games with officiating that would have put us in national championships, and the Hilltops went on to win. After the second one, and that's the year you were talking about, that year they had the meetings of the entire league was being held at that so everybody was at the ball ball game they all saw it they all saw what happened on tv and that is when they changed the rules and at that point they said from then on no uh team that is in the finals or in the playoffs could have officials from their own hometown and so that went on until this year and then they reverted and because of dollars yeah well, <laughs> then they had an incident happen in Saskatoon again this year. The Huskies lost right at the end of a game on on something that could have been called. I, I don't think it was a bad call necessarily, but it, it brought back that memory. And to be very honest with you, for two years, uh, the Huskies really were jobbed on officiating calls. When that changed, the next year was, uh, yeah, the next year we won a national championship and then won the national championship the year after when we had neutral officials. And it wasn't that the old, all the officials in Saskatoon were bad. Don't get me wrong with that. They had very good officials, but it only took one. Yep. And a couple of times was one official making a call at a certain point in time. And the last one which finished it, it happened in Edmonton. And that just so happened that uh, all the different TV stations were there and had cameras at different angles, plus the league camera. And not one showed a holding call. They called on us that we had scored the winning touchdown with. Yeah. And so, and the official who made the call was a Saskatoon official. Yeah. So it, it was, that changed it. And John was one of the first people to come out. And when this happened, to make the statement, this has to change. And it did get changed. So I give a lot of credit to that to John. Yeah. Well, uh, John, I, I know that you had great conversations with John, a really good friend of yours. It's our deepest condolences. Thanks for, for sharing some stories about him. And uh, um, we've got a lot of your, your Husky uh, uh, coaches and teammates to make sure that uh, you you, uh, you tip back a wild turkey in honor tonight of John. <laughs> well, I'll definitely be doing that. But, Jason, I also want to commend you today. Um to lose your mentor and one of your best friends uh, on the same day and then to do a show like you're doing, I give you a lot of credit. It's got to be very tough to do. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate that. Yeah, the uh, the first hour wasn't, uh, well, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger. So it's uh, little little yeah. tears every now and then doesn't kill anybody. So it's, uh, No, absolutely. It's it and it, it's always great to remember good friends. Yes, uh, very well said. Uh, very well said. John, it was uh, great hearing from you. Hopefully we see you again soon. Have a great day. You too, Jason. Thank you. That's uh, John Belmont. 58 years. 
he's been coaching. Like that guy, uh, I know he had Jason Buell and then, uh, you know, a few other guys, uh, texting in. Uh, you know, he was, he was coaching the Huskies in the early 2000s. He's still helping out with high school teams and he's, he's always stayed fresh and understanding about the concepts of football because there's a lot of basic ones that don't necessarily change. Obviously there's new things, that, you know, especially a little bit more offensively, but you know what? There's a guy who is, you know, we talk about what an impact John has made, John Short. That is uh, what the impact he made for a lot of sports fans and, and lots of people in the articles he wrote. Well, you think about John Belmont and, and the impact he's made on a lot of football players. And because uh, because John Belmont was a very good football mind, he could coach any position, but also he was very strict in a good way of, you know, certain guidelines that he expected from you as a person. And it's funny how, you know, when you're 18, 16, 17, maybe even 21, you don't necessarily love it until you get older and you realize, man, what a difference that made. Right, it you know it helps instill some morals and stuff, and and John Belmont. Not surprised to me that uh, Short and Belmont uh, became such good friends over the years because they they have a lot of the same values as humans, which is awesome. Uh, Five twenty two, Jason Greger, Connor Howley with you on Sports fourteen forty. We'll take a quick break. We'll get uh, update uh, on the uh, lineup and uh, much much more on the Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Five twenty five. Welcome back, Thursday edition of the Greger Show. With Connor Halley on Sports 1440, live in Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, coming to you live, as always, in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A. Now, I know, hey, what, uh, they're the electrical distributor. they got all the stuff you need. But also, maybe your project's been a little delayed. You're like, oh, my God, I don't have a place to store our stuff. Well, guess what? E-Well can help you out. They've got their brand-new facility, and they have some extra storage space, so they can help you out. Check, call them out at E-W-E-L dot C-A. And uh, we're gonna we got this one. Uh, hey, Gregor, wonderful to hear from my former U of A Golden Bears football coach and rival coach when I played for Ainley. He coached the Rebels. Great coach, but a much better man. Huge impact on my life. From uh, Jeff, aka Bush. Well, there you go, Jeff. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And you know what? I love what you said there. Impact on your life, and that, that's what great coaches do. I firmly believe. Right, like they help you become a better athlete, but more importantly, they really impact you to become a better person at, at certain times in your life. Right. Uh, and you never know. You have a coach that gives you confidence, right? A coach that really pushes you to say, you know what? You're good. You can do this. You're good. So, right. That's, uh, I, I think we can all look back and, 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 and there's probably most of you that have a coach that you really remember who is, who is a real positive impact uh, on your life. Uh, teacher, same thing. And, uh, really, cause coaches and teachers are, are very, are very similar in, in certain, in different ways for sure. Hey guys, my deepest condolences. I'm 40 now, but I remember calling in a Mr. Short show when I was much younger, 13, asking him what slugging percentage was. I told him I felt dumb having asked it. He explained it to me and reassured me that I was not dumb. He was a great man. Take care from uh, MMA guy. Well, hey, John was great on the air, man. There's, there's no question about that. He would, uh, he had a great way of, of, uh, you know, everybody has the democratic right to be wrong. That was one of his classic lines. <laughs> It was such a polite way of saying, no, you're wrong. Well, everybody has a democratic right. <laughs> uh, I th- no, sorry. Everybody has a democratic right to an opinion and yours is wrong. Oh, my goodness. So fun. I, I remember I saw Shorty get fired up maybe once or twice. Oh, 
God. And it was because he was so calm normally. It was almost like, wow, Shorty's getting fired. Now, I've seen him get fired up uh, at, at different times, um, you know, uh, obviously because of his background. Like like Shorty, you know, he sparred with uh, Chevalier, grew up in the tough streets in Detroit and, uh, you know, had to fight way more than he wanted to uh, as a youngster. And so that, that shaped him a little bit. Uh, we heard from his son, uh, Michael, earlier that, you know, the reason, you know, John quit drinking in 1987. I think it was somewhere around there, give or take. And, um, you know, like, like a lot of people, sometimes if you drink too much, it can, you know, can turn bad. And so that side of John wasn't great. And that's why he quit. And, uh, and when he quit, he literally went cold turkey. Just one day got up. That's it. I'm done. And I never drank again. He, uh, he told me the story was the last time he ever drank was he had to, cause it started out like, you know, it, it was John really prided himself on a show of being conversationalist and you would listen and people would be, man, I felt like I was there. Right. And so, and that was great. And a lot of times, you know, he was doing a show live at Northland. So it was like, Oh, have a beer with John. And so, you know, you have a beer. Well, all of a sudden, sometimes it was two beers. Then all of a sudden now you're having three before the show. And the next thing you know, you're having four, five, whatever. And one time it was at the Briar. And uh, John ended up having uh, way more than he should have. And uh, his pr- producer at the time, uh, Too Tall Matthews, thankfully, after 50 minutes, recognized this wasn't good. So they took him off the air that day. And, you know, John thought he was done. He went in, talked to his boss, and, you know, they have a conversation. He just, John's like, I'll never drink again. And he never did. I remember him telling me that story when, you know, when we first were working together. And, you know, I was a young guy and I was having fun. And, and I, I remember with, with John, uh, uh, one of my first gigs, probably the, one of the greatest gigs I ever had was at the, uh, the Grey Cup in 2001. And, uh, so he had sponsored, I go to the Grey Cup. And so I got in town on the Monday, which is too early, but anyway, I got in, flew in like Monday night and there, there was no media availability. There's really no work I could do until the Wednesday. So, you know what, that was great. And, you know, Wednesday I was all, okay, you know what, there's a press conference at nine o'clock. I know exactly where I have to be and whatever. Well, Tuesday night, of course, I end up going out in Montreal because it's Montreal and it's an unbelievable city. And I had super fun and, you know, went out late, but I had my alarm set for, you know, 845. Well, lo and behold, I hadn't checked. There was really no internet or anything. Like, you know, had I checked when I got home, I might have seen. But that the uh, earlier that year, Don Matthews, of course, had been fired by the, uh, the, the then Edmonton Eskimos. And, you know, so that's a pretty big story. Remember, he got fired right in training camp. It was my first one down at, the, at the, the garrison. And so all of a sudden, there's the press conference at 8 a.m. with Montreal announcing Don Matthews as their head coach. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm in there because so, you got to have Don Matthews. And uh, so anyway, uh, I luckily and that was I'd heard the rumors about Don Matthews, you know, kind of being a grumpy guy. I didn't really get to know him at all in Edmonton. I think I covered him for three days and he got fired. So I didn't know Don Matthews from a you know hole in the wall, and so Jean Philippe Donet was the PR guy. I'll never forget his name. And like I'm a young reporter, you know, kind of a nobody reporter at that time. And you know, I contact him and I just explained and said, "Hey, I really need to get an interview with with uh, Don. I'm I'm here in town, you know, covering it for Edmonton Radio, and you know, would love to have Don on. You know, obviously he had a lot of success in Edmonton, and now he's in Montreal, so would like to get him on." And he's like, "Okay." And he called me, and you know, he called me back later, and he said, "Okay, well, Don's agreed. He came to my hotel, met me in the lobby." We did my, you know, 10, 15 minute interview, recorded it, right? Then I sent it off to John later that night. And then he sat by and we have a beer in the, uh, in the lobby with Don Matthews, like a great football mind. And we're just talking. I'm like, who is this guy talking to me? And it was amazing. So I always got along with Don. But anyway, so John, you know, and it was kind of telling the story, right? And then, so the second night I come on the air with John and I'm like, Hey, John, he's like, how you doing? I'm like, well, John, I'm not doing very well. He's like, what? It's like, yeah, I got hit by a truck. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, a beer truck. <laughs> 
because I was pretty hungover the second night we were doing a hit because it was my first the Wednesday night and they had all like free party for the media stuff. And so I just remember John laughing so hard about it. And then he told me the story, says, hey, you make sure you have fun. But just remember, this is I keep your fun to the point where you don't ever put yourself in a bad situation. And it was great advice. And so I was one. I never had uh, beers before I did my show. Um, definitely many after, but uh, never before. And uh, John was a, was a great mentor and someone that they'll be uh, uh, truly missed, I think, for a lot of people in the community. Uh, 5.33. It's time now for the Snow Valley Ski Report. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, January 11th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. The extreme cold that has descended over the province has had a big impact on the mountain resorts as well as our local clubs. Snow Valley, Edmonton Ski Club, Sunridge, and Rabbit Hill will all be closed today and tomorrow due to the cold. In the mountains, Marmot Basin closed today along with Sunshine Village down in Banff. Louise is operating on a limited basis and the skiing might not be too bad with 5 centimeters in the past day and 14 new centimeters of snow in the past 48 hours. Norquay open today but the operation may be delayed in starting and only two lifts scheduled to be spinning. Norquay has had 4 centimeters overnight and 28 in the last week. Nakiska closed but in the southwest corner of the province at Castle Mountain. It's too cold to run the chairlift so they will be firing up the old T-Rex T-Bar to let people access the more than 50 centimeters of snow they've had in the last four days. Inferni expecting a high of minus 18. They've had 24 centimeters of snow in the last 24 hours, minus 12 for a high in Kimberley, where they've had 8 centimeters of fresh powder. Over the last two days of Panorama, 6 centimeters, Kicking Horse with 9 in Revelstoke, 22. All those resorts are open today, but the cold snap is moving across the border into BC, so a lot of those resorts will be closed tomorrow. If you're up for it and braving the cold, finding a place where the lifts are running, you can get some great skiing in, as there's plenty of fresh snow all around the mountains, largely untracked, and very few people out on the slopes. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Oh, the old T-Bar, baby. Love it. Who doesn't love it? So uh, crank it up. Man, 50 centimeters snow, that's great. Obviously, it's a little bit uh, colder than we would like right now. But uh, away you go. It would, be, uh, it would be nice to have the snow once the, um, once the cold weather uh, goes away. Hey guys, uh, John hosted Sports Talk Trivia. His question on the, uh, the, the night years ago was, who was the last GM of the Rangers when they won their Stanley Cup? My wife got through on the phone and her answer was Moses. John was laughing so hard he awarded, uh, my wife a coaster. John was one of the best and will be greatly missed from Spinner. <laughs> oh, John had a good sense of humor. That's a really good answer by your wife, Moses. <laughs> It'd been a while, right? It'd been 54 years since, uh, since they had won. Um, it was awesome. Hey, Greg's, uh, I, there's a lot of people listening. John, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, young enough that I listened to you when I was younger. I was listening to your nighttime show years ago. I was probably nine. I was angry after another order loss, so I decided to call in from my bed. My dad was listening in the kitchen. He recognized my voice, came into my room to find me on the home phone under the covers. We just laughed about it again this past holiday. Sorry to hear about John and, uh, Brownlee. I've always enjoyed Robin when he co-sorted your show as well as his articles from, uh, Mike. Well, hey, Mike, it's good to know that, you know, the old landline phone under the covers not well it wouldn't be landline landline phone but back then clearly it was the wireless right like how many people even have a landline anymore in your home god i would love to have one there's just something comfortable about the landline phone it was easier to talk on i don't know maybe maybe that's just me you know having a, a biased memory of good times but there's just something it was comforting cons about the big phone 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, my parents got rid of theirs. My dad took the old Hallie number. But I can tell you, there's still phone numbers for my friends. I still remember the house phone. Oh, the yeah. nervousness, like, oh, I hope they pick up. Don't want to talk to their parents. Yeah. Obviously, you'd always have a good conversation <laughs> with their parents beforehand. But, yeah, the home phone, that was something. Oh, uh, my, my mom still has one at the farm. I love it. Right. So I've always known that uh, I still know that our, our house number in Leduc that we had when we lived there for five years. I still remember that number. So it's, uh, it's fun. I'm sure most people can remember their, uh, their home number as a kid. Right. You probably can't remember five of your friends' cell numbers, but you'll remember your home phone number as a kid. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I bet you could remember like maybe not five, but a couple of the close friends. I can think of a few. I, I don't know if I should list them off right now, but there's a few I have. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, the the Vanderwolves, the Gabriels, the Knowles. I'll yeah, never yeah. forget those numbers. Oh, I still have it for sure. I totally agree with you. Yeah, you have uh, certain buddies that you call their house all the time. Yeah. And it was great. I love what you said. Jeez, I hope you didn't want the parents to answer. But I guess if they were all good, it was uh, it was great. You know, you have the, the dad or the mom would make it a little awkward. Perfect. That, like, you're not being a good parent if you're not making it slightly awkward for your kids in the interaction. Why not? Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, long term, it probably helped for the conversation skills and that sort of thing. But as a kid, it was always like, oh, I, I hope so-and-so answers. I don't want to talk to their parents. They're going to grill me on what we're doing. But, yeah, good memories. Things kids probably don't have to go through quite as much today. But Oh, God. Do they even call each other? Well, oh, probably not. Probably Text. group texting, you know, saying nothing. So uh, there you go. 538, we'll come back, uh, get you uh, update you on the uh, lineup and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 542 on uh, Sports 1440. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, uh, Declan Kruger, as always, uh, running the show for us on uh, online. Orders Nation uh, YouTube, thanks for all the uh, the comments there. Today, lots of uh, excellent comments. Um didn't get to respond to all of them yet, but uh, uh, thank everyone for them. Uh, they, they're truly meaningful on a day like today. It was great to know that uh, a lot of people really respected and enjoyed Robin and John's contributions uh, over the years to the sporting community and, and just, you know, in general as human beings, which is uh, ultimately uh, the most important. Uh, a really tough day. We're, we're going to keep honoring them, um, you know, talking about them for sure. I know on Monday's show, um, well, today was really odd to me because obviously Robin was supposed to be on on Mondays and Thursdays, and he's going to be on supposed to be on next Monday. So um, maybe for the next few uh, Mondays, Thursdays, we might have a friend of his come on and just you know talk sports and then talk a little bit about Brownlee just to uh, make the transition uh, to not having him part of our show anymore, which is going to be a little bit odd, but uh, it's kind of how life goes. Sometimes you don't you have two choices: you can uh, you can move on or let it overwhelm you. And uh, Ruben would be like. Come on, pencil neck. <laughs> hey, mouth breather. That was another classic line. <laughs> oh, you had some funny ones. Oh, man. His snark, when he, he could write snark very well. Him and Tchaikovsky might be the two best guys at how they could just subtly uh, write around the uh, snark. I thought it was great. But uh, let's get to the uh, lineup now brought to you by Sherwood Park Sports and Marine, where, of course... They have a uh, fishing boats, pontoon boats. Why? Cause they got a ninety-one thousand liter, not dollar, ninety-one thousand liter tank where you can try out your boat. Cause hey, 
Just like taking a test drive in your car, you want to do with your boat, pontoon boats, fishing boats. And, of course, they got all the stuff that you like uh, if you don't like the water, but you like the ground, ATVs, side-by-sides, and motorcycles. Check it all out at Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. The uh, Edmonton Oilers lineup, uh, only one change. It happens in goal as Calvin Pickard is uh, getting the start tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Pickard, of course, has uh, has won his last uh uh, three, no, sorry, one his last two starts, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers on the, uh, season. Pickard is, uh, three and two with a 904 save percentage, 282 goals against average. And you know what? He's performed pretty well when, uh, when he's being called upon so far this season for the, uh, Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, he'll go up against, uh, Lion in goal who's back. He was injured. He's only played 12 games for Detroit, but when he plays, they're eight and four. And he's, they, the uh, Red Wings entered tonight uh, on a three game winning streak. They went out to California and beat the Sharks, the Kings and the Ducks and Lion was in goal for all of them and has played quite well. So, uh, the orders, I think, uh, this will be a good test, uh, for them. Uh, you know, it's a team you can beat for sure, but it, it's not a gimme by, by any stretch of the, uh, of the imagination. Uh, over the Red Wings, and you know, as the uh, the first period showed, no score. But uh, orders a lot of chances. They outshot the uh, Red Wings sixteen to six. So they continue to be very good offensively, creating chances, didn't get any finish, and not giving up anything. Right? That's that's really probably been the one aspect of the orders game that gets overlooked here lately. Is yeah, they're still scoring lots of goals, but they are not giving up very much at all. Uh, Sam Gagne not in the lineup tonight, but I got to think at some point it's getting close. Uh, he will get in. Uh, Phil Kemp, of course, the other uh, healthy scratch for the orders. I don't envision him getting in. The uh, lineup he was recalled just as emergency. And I would think when the orders get back, uh, I, I could see them maybe uh, sending Kemp back down, let him get playing again. And then if they need be, because you know what, they, they have a pretty easy schedule Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And they don't leave the province of Alberta now until uh, after the uh, all-star break because uh, they're at home to the, uh, well, they're on the road in Montreal on Saturday. Then they come home and they play Toronto next Tuesday. Then Seattle on Thursday, Kraken are rolling, and the Kraken are leading 2-0 in Washington. Now, they're looking for their ninth consecutive win as well. The uh, And the Florida Panthers, man, like there's a lot of teams on big uh, winning streaks. Then the Orders have the Flames. Uh, then they're uh, home for three more games to wrap up the week. they got Columbus, Chicago again, and Nashville. So not an overly uh, difficult schedule. Though Seattle has uh, Seattle started to play uh, quite well lately, just like the Edmonton Orders. And uh, Seattle's put themselves back in. But how about this? Florida's on an eight-game winning streak right now. Winnipeg's on a seven-game winning streak. Seattle's on a seven-gamer. And Edmonton's on an eight-gamer. So there's uh, four, uh, seven or more active uh, win streaks uh, going on in the NHL. So uh, pretty fun. But uh, the orders, that was a good first period. Zach Hyman rung one off the bar. They had a few pretty good chances on the power play, but uh, unable to uh, to beat uh, Mr. Lyon in goal for that one. Uh, Jason Greger alongside uh, Connor Halley. Uh, Connor, um, you have a, and, and my apologies for not asking this earlier, but uh, I know you worked uh, with Robin for many years. Uh, you got any favorite memories of the Rubes? Oh, I got to say my favorite memory with uh, Brown, Robin Brownlee probably goes back to one of the first times I ever worked with him. Oilers Nation Radio. This had to be maybe 12, 13 years ago. Uh, low tide couldn't do it, so Robin just graciously stepped up, offered to come in and work on a Saturday afternoon with a young producer that didn't really know too much about uh, the whole thing, and uh, he was just awesome to work with. And I, I still remember he, he says, okay, take these numbers down. Sam Gagne, Ryan Smith, we're having them on the show. 
And I thought, oh my God, this guy is bringing it for uh, his hosting. And, you know, I found out later, didn't go through the Oilers. He just reached out to them individually and said, hey, do you want to come on the show with me? And they were happy to oblige. So uh, that that was kind of the one for me where I was like, oh man, that was a rock star move just coming on. We used to have bloggers on Oilers Nation Radio. And he yeah. went out there and got two Oilers. Uh, always just uh, very easy to deal with. I know in this job sometimes uh, we can be asking a lot, asking people to move around and adjust their schedules for us. And Robin was always able to accommodate. So uh, just, you know, devastating news to hear. I, I want to pass along my condolences to his family, his friends. Uh, so sad to have this happen today. And just uh, a pleasure to work with, made things easy. And he was such a big supporter of 1440. He's going to be missed. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what, it's it's eerie and fitting all at the same time. So if you go on uh, Robin's uh, Twitter and on the day where Robin Brownlee passes away, um, so does John Short. And Robin's pinned tweet from October 10th, 2018 is to John Short. John, fan gets content is based on more than one game. It's 11 of the last 12 years. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's like when your wife kills you in your sleep for leaving the toilet seat up. The last time is the trigger, but it's the previous 10 years of her falling into the bowl that gets you dead. <laughs> uh, and uh, his last post on Twitter was last night when he uh, when he reposted uh, uh, Brandon Douglas's uh, tweet, which was uh, outlining uh, the show for uh, for Kevin Carries. And, and, you know, and Robin was the ultimate team guy. Um, he really was a huge fan of sports talk radio. He listened to like he would he would be like, hey, I just heard this guy over here. We should get him on, right? Like he always and he would listen to sports talk radio and shows and podcasts. He was just he was a real sports junkie, man, and, and I mean that in a good way. 
Um, like, you know, I had a few guys reach out today because, you know, he would reach out to, to Whitney all the time. Ryan Whitney was telling me and again, direct messages on Twitter. Uh, just, hey, man, I really like this or that. And, you know, like Craig Simpson and so many guys have sent me screen captures of their last interactions with Robert, all DMs on Twitter. Because that's what I wrote in my uh, in my tribute to, to Robin today about how, you know, he didn't text me, but he would always send you notes and, and always positive, just a little note. And I saw Allison Curry mention one when she was going through a hard time and, and Robin just, you know, reached out to her, sent her a note of, of saying, Hey, you can do this. Right. And that's, that's like I've said to many people, man, when, uh, when Robin got to know you and trusted you, he was the ultimate loyal human being. He's that way to his wife, Anna Lynn and, and their family. And he's that way to his friends. And it's, uh, it's, it's really a devastating blow, uh, today from, for us, uh, for their family. Um, really for everybody. I know for a lot of the listeners, many of you got to meet him over the years and, you know, and the great part was, you know, lots of people are like, people come up, Hey, Bronte. And he was like, I don't even know this guy. And he's called me Bronte, but it, <laughs> it was a great way to crack the ice. Cause he knew that you listened to the show. Right. And, and he'd have great interactions. And, you know, he said it was quite nice because the people who called him Bronte were always, uh, were always very good uh, about it. So, uh, um, it was great. Hey, guys, I really enjoyed Bronte when he was on your show regularly before Shruds took over. I remember being bummed. Turns out Strud's was a legendary fit, but I really liked Robin's takes. Quotes like hearing him on the radio. Uh, rest in peace, Ruben Bronte. It's a brutal day for you, Jason. My condolences from uh, from Jerry. And uh, you know what? Tomorrow, uh, I think I'll be in a better frame of mind to read lots more of these. We've got them coming in earlier, and I just I was having a hard time keeping it together in the first two hours of the show. And uh, reading those uh, texts, I try to respond to, to everybody. It's hard, but uh, and I will. But um, you know, I'll read some of the really heartfelt messages tomorrow. Um, I'll be able to do it. And I'll be able to give it more respect that that Robin deserves, and and John, and and you, the listeners, for for sharing your your thoughts and emotions of of what Robin meant to, to you and the interactions with John over the years. And um, you know what? Uh, I know they passed away today, but it doesn't mean we just forget them tomorrow. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it lots. And um, you know, it's unfortunate some of the sound bites we don't have from from TSN where we spent a lot of years with Rubes because we had some funny takes. Man, we had some funny clips. Uh, um, they're just are not there anymore, which is unfortunate. But um, we really, I really want to thank everyone for your your heartfelt words today. Um, they truly meant a lot. It was, uh, and, and it still will be. It's hard for me um, to fathom it. It was a really kind of nice break to have to focus on the show. Um, I know I'll be hugging my son longer than he wants tonight, and he'll have to deal with it. But um, you know, I really think again about Sam and, and Michael and, and Anna Lynn today, and um, you know, send some some strength to them. Uh, they're going to need it. Uh, Marta, John's wife, and, and and Aaron, and and Michael, and and all the grandkids who will you know lose their grandfather and their father. That's that's never either, easy either. Um, I, I know they have lots of great memories of, of both great men and John Short and Robin Brownlee, and uh, we will miss them immensely. Um, John was actually scheduled; he was going to come on. Uh, who is it Wednesday? And he was quite excited about it. We had it planned. Uh, he was going to join us in a, in a few weeks. Uh, I wanted to have him on right around his birthday because his birthday was the thirty first, and so. Um, it would have been great. He would have turned 87 and he was kind of come on, uh, who is it Wednesday? And so, uh, I know when that day comes around, I'll think about him. So have yourselves a great night, everyone. Please drive safe, turn your lights on and uh, be sure to give your loved ones a hugs. Cause you never know on behalf of Connor Halley. I'm Jason Greger. Uh, this is the Gregor show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Let's get to the uh, comment on a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE engineering, specializing in all your residential commercial and industrial structural engineering needs. Good night.